Chapter 43 of Consuelo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Consuelo by George Sand. Chapter 43. However, she made up her mind. She had three keys and she therefore must pass through three doors and two apartments before reaching that in which she supposed Albert to be a prisoner. She would thus have sufficient time to stop if her strength failed her. She entered a vaulted hall, which had no other furniture than a bed of dried fern on which was thrown a sheepskin as coverlet. A pair of ancient-looking sandals, very much worn, served as an indication by which she recognized it as Zdenko's chamber. She recognized also the little basket, which he had carried filled with fruit to the Stone of Terror, and which after two days had disappeared. She resolved upon opening the second door after having carefully closed the first, for she still thought with terror of the possible return of the wayward owner of this dwelling. The second apartment, which she entered, was vaulted like the first, but the walls were protected by mats and trellises covered with moss. A stove diffused a pleasant heat through it, and it was doubtless its funnel opening in the rock which produced the fleeting light seen by Consuelo on the summit of the Schreckenstein. Albert's bed, like Sedenko's, was formed of a heap of leaves and dried herbs. But Zdenko had covered it with magnificent bearskins, in spite of the absolute equality which Albert exacted in all their habits, and which Zdenko observed in everything that did not interfere with the passionate tenderness he felt for him, and with the care which he bestowed upon him in preference to himself. Consuelo, on entering this chamber, was received by Cinnabar, who, hearing the key turn in the lock, had posted himself upon the threshold, with raised ear and anxious eye. But Cinnabar had received a peculiar education from his master. He was a friend and not a guardian. When young, he had been so strictly forbidden to howl and to bark that he had entirely lost the habit so natural to all animals of his species. If anyone had approached Albert with evil intentions, he would have found his voice. If anyone had attacked him, he would have defended him. But prudent and circumspect as a hermit, he never made the slightest noise without being sure of what he was about, and without having carefully examined and smelled these, who approached him. He walked up, therefore, to Consuelo with a look that had something almost human in it, smelled her dress, and especially her hand, which had held for a long time the keys touched by Zdenko, and completely reassured by this circumstance, he abandoned himself to the grateful recollection he had retained of her, and placed his great velvet paws upon her shoulders with silent joy, while he slowly swept the earth with his long and feathery tail. After this grave but sincere welcome, 
he returned to his bed on the corner of the skin, which covered his master's couch, and stretched himself upon it with the apparent weariness of old age. Although he still followed with his eyes, Consuelo's every step and movement. Before venturing to approach the third door, Consuelo cast a glance around this hermitage in order to gather from it some indication of the moral condition of him who occupied it. She found no trace of madness or despair. An extreme neatness and order prevailed throughout. A cloak and other garments were hanging from the horns of the urus a curiosity which Albert had brought from the forest of Lithuania and which served for clothes pegs. His numerous books were regularly arranged in a bookcase of rough boards, supported by great branches admirably fashioned by a rude but ingenious hand. The table and the two chairs were of the same workmanship, a hordesicus, and some old books of music entirely unknown to Consuelo, with titles and words in the Slavonic language, served to reveal more completely the peaceful, simple, and studious habits of the anchorite. An iron lamp, curious from its antiquity, was suspended from the middle of the vault and burned in the eternal night of this melancholy sanctuary. Consuelo remarked that there were no firearms in the place, notwithstanding the taste of the wealthy inhabitants of those forests for the chase and for the objects of luxury which accompany its enjoyment. Albert had no gun, not even a hunting knife, and his old dog had never learned the grand science, for which reason Cinnabur was an object of Baron Frederick's contempt and pity. Albert had a horror of blood, and though he appeared to enjoy life less than anyone, he had a religious and boundless respect for the idea of life in general. He could neither himself kill nor see killed even the lowest animals of creation. He would have delighted in all the natural sciences, but he contented himself with mineralogy and botany, even entomology seemed to him too cruel a science, and he never could have sacrificed the life of an insect to gratify his curiosity. Consuelo knew these particulars, and she now remembered them on seeing the evidences of Albert's peaceful occupations. No, I will not be afraid, said she to herself, of so gentle and peaceful a being. This is the cell of a saint and not the dungeon of a madman. But the more she was reassured as to the nature of his mental malady, the more did she feel troubled and confused. She almost regretted that she was not to find a deranged or dying man, and the certainty of presenting herself before a real man made her hesitate more and more. Not knowing how to announce herself, she sunk into a reverie which had lasted some minutes when the sound of an admirable instrument struck her ear. It was a violin of Stradivarius, giving birth to a solemn and sublime strain, under a chaste and skillful hand. Never had Consuelo heard so perfect a violin, so touching and at the same time so simple a performance. The air was unknown to her, but from its strange and simple forms, 
She judged it to be more ancient than any ancient music she was acquainted with. She listened with rapture and now comprehended how Albert could have so well appreciated her from the first phrase he heard her sing. It was because he had the revelation of the true, the grand music. He might not be acquainted, possibly, with all the wonderful resources of the art, but he had within him the divine afflatus, the intelligence and the love of the beautiful. When he had finished, Consuelo, entirely reassured and animated by a more lively sympathy, was about to venture to knock at the door, which still separated her from him. When it opened slowly, and she saw the young Count advance, his head bowed down, his eyes fixed upon the earth, and his violin and bow hanging loosely in his nerveless hands. His paleness was frightful, and his hair and dress in a disorder which Consuelo had not before witnessed. His absent air, his broken and dejected attitude, and the despairing apathy of his movements announced, if not entire alienation, at least the disorder and abandonment of human reason. He seemed one of those mute and oblivious specters in which the Slavonian people believe, who enter mechanically into the houses at night and are seen to act without connection and without aim, obeying, as if by instinct, the former habits of their lives, without recognizing and without seeing their friends and terrified servants who fly from or look at them in silence, frozen with astonishment and fear. Such was Consuelo on meeting Count Albert and perceiving that he did not see her, although he was not two paces distant. Cinever had risen and licked his master's hand. Albert said some friendly words to him in Bohemian, then following with his eyes the movements of the dog who carried his discreet caresses to Consuelo. He gazed attentively at the feet of the young girl, which was shod at this moment much like those of Zdenko, and without raising his head, spoke in Bohemian some words which she did not understand, but which seemed a question, and ended with her name. On seeing him in this state, Consuelo felt her timidity disappear, yielding entirely to her compassion. She saw only the unfortunate man with his bleeding heart, who still invoked without recognizing her, and placing her hand upon the young man's arm, confidently and firmly, she said to him in Spanish, with her pure and penetrating voice, Consuelo is here. End of chapter 43